0: It's time for Thriller Thursdays, here on the Mutual Audio Network, if you dare.
1: The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance.
2: Once again, Decoder Ring Theater presents another page from the casebook of that master of mystery, that sultan of sleuthing, Martin Bracknell's immortal detective, Black Jack Justice, starring Christopher Mott as Jack... And Andrea Lyons as Trixie Dixon, Girl Detective.
3: The name's Dixon. Trixie Dixon, Girl Detective. They say that if one is unlucky at cards, it follows that person must therefore be lucky in love. I take issue with this truism, geared as it seems to be towards consoling a loser rather than mocking him cruelly and taking his last dollar, as is my wont. That aside, the saying ignores the power that one has to be the architect of one's own good fortune. To say nothing of the fact that games of chance and matters of the heart employ a startlingly similar series of skill sets. Emotional inscrutability, cunning, guile, ruthlessness, and a keen sense of when to throw in the towel, cash in your chips, and head for the hills whistling, Don't fence me in. Or maybe that's just me. Having said all of that, it is an established scientific principle that opposites tend to attract. And perhaps this, combined with our popular postulate on the subjects of love and cards, might finally explain the friendship of Blackjack Justice and his old partner in crime, Freddy the Finger Hawthorne. No man was ever luckier in love than old Jaw, who, in spite of a list of personal and professional shortcomings that would choke a mule, still had the affection of an attractive and apparently sane youngish divorcee named Dorothy. And Freddie? It is a great testament to his extreme good at cards that, despite being a powerfully, some might say depressingly stupid individual, he has yet to decapitate himself with a ten of clubs, If all of this seems a little oblique, I apologize. It is just my way of commenting in advance on this ribald little tale of adventure sometime before I make my actual entrance. Before things can get better, they must get a great deal worse. And for that, my dear friends, we will need Freddy.
4: Oh, hello, Miss Dorothy. Freddy! Freddy! Nice evening. It might have been. Gee, Miss Dorothy. I'm sorry, Freddy.
5: I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but you do have a way of blowing a romantic evening straight to blazes.
4: Gosh, that's what my Alice says. I'm sure. You and Jackie got big plans, do you?
5: I wouldn't say plans, exactly, Fred. More of a general design that leans towards some quiet necking on the sofa and some takeout Chinese.
4: That sounds swell. The Chinese, I mean, not not the other thing. Or rather, that is to say... I don't mean to suggest that the other thing doesn't sound... It's just that not... what I was... At ease, Freddy. I get it. Gee, Miss Dorothy. <laughs> I really am trying, you know?
5: I know you are, Freddy. It might help if you call me Don.
4: I'll try, Miss Dorothy. I-, I promise I will. Is he in? No, he isn't. Miss Trixie said he was here. Well, he isn't. She said he was on his way. He isn't here yet. Maybe I could wait for him. <laughs> you know what? He was here. And He left.
5: I'm not really sure when he'll be back.
4: Who's at the door?
5: The mailman.
4: The what? Who is that?
5: The mailman. I mean, the man. From upstairs.
4: This is a bungalow.
5: Yeah, I really need to work on this routine.
4: Is that Freddy? Jackie, is that you?
5: Yes. And yes. Ta-da!
4: Ah, and you was just having us on.
5: That I was.
4: She's
0: a pistol.
5: That I am. Would you like to come in, Freddy? Well,
4: since you're asking.
5: Excellent.
0: Like a beer, Fred?
4: Well, I don't want to interrupt anything.
5: Too late. What's that? I said, Jack, bring the man a beer. And one for me, I think.
0: Perfect. Freddy? Much obliged. So, Frederick, to what do we owe the honor? I owe you how much? What do you need? Gosh, Jackie, who says... Freddy.
4: An old pal just can't drop by and say hello?
0: Of course you can. But when you dropped by the apartment and found me not there and then quite possibly dropped by the office and found me just as absent, you turned your mind back more than a year to the one and only time you were on this street to my knowledge. How many doors did you knock on before Dot answered? Jackie, I don't think... How many? Four.
5: My neighbors must just adore me. It's
4: okay. I made like a brush salesman. You aren't carrying brushes. Several of your neighbors noticed this. (laughs) I did not expect to get quite so far in my pitch. There is a question that springs to
5: mind just now.
0: Is it why in the name of St. Thomas Aquinas would he do all of this? All of what? Exactly.
5: That more or less sums it up, actually.
0: I do not know. I will ask.
4: Freddy? Yeah? What do you need? Well, it's not so much a question of need, not per se. Per se? Excuse me while I check the windows. It is more a question of some advice which I would like to solicit. Some consulting on a matter of security.
5: Jack, why are you checking
0: the windows? When Fred Hawthorne breaks out the Latin, he's in deep. You wound me, sir. I might. I How much? What's that? How much, Freddy?
4: It's not like that, Jackie. How
0: much? How
4: much what? That too. See, Miss Dorothy, the thing of it is, I have recently, and by recently I mean today, come into some good fortune, as they say. What? It means luck.
5: I know what good fortune is, Freddy. I was asking for specifics.
4: Oh, well, I am, as you may know, Miss Dorothy, something of an authority on the subject of horses. Horses? And the racing thereof. An authority?
0: He couldn't tell sea biscuit from a glue bottle. What did you do, and to whom did you do it? I came into the possession of a hot tip, is all, on the fifth race this afternoon. Which would make it, what, two, three hours ago? Something like that. And you played this tip? I did. To what end? Eleven thousand... I may have miscalculated the odds. You think?
4: Wait, I'm lost. Why is this bad?
0: Some people call this horse loves a wet track, a hot tip, or a rumor that a favorite isn't feeling up to snuff. Those people are amateurs. They also live longer.
5: So what kind of hot tip was this? The fix was in?
0: Isn't she something, Fred? It even sounds good when she says it. It sounded pretty good to me when
4: Fat Donnie DeMarco said it, too.
5: I have better legs than Fat Donnie. You knew Fat Donnie?
4: I'm just guessing. Tell me I'm wrong and I'll brain you with this bottle. Fred. You see, ideally when you tag along on a fix, you are supposed to keep it small. Disguise it as a series of smaller bets, such as might have naturally been made by local rubes. Freddy. And you didn't do that? I was in something of a hurry, due largely to the last minute nature of the tip in question. I threw down a stack and, in my enthusiasm, inadvertently won $11,462.86. <laughs> Some kind of lucky, huh?
0: Mr. Hawthorne. Yes, Jack? Did you just refer to Fat Donnie DeMarco in the past tense? Uh, did I? I think that you did. I did not
4: notice myself. <laughs> Miss Dorothy? I wasn't really listening.
0: I will rephrase the question. Freddie. Hmm? Just how dead is Fat Donnie DeMarco?
4: Uh, somewhere's between some and very. <laughs> they got him with a garrot. A garrot? It is a fine wire used to strangle from behind. I know what a garrot is. Where are
5: you going?
0: I'm getting your coat.
5: My coat? Why do we need my coat?
0: The heater in my car isn't what it used to be, and I don't want you to catch a chill.
5: Wait a minute, Sherlock. What is this? Were
0: you followed? No,
4: Jackie. I might have had a tail outside the track, but I shook him. I ain't seen nobody in an hour.
5: What is going on? The track
0: is controlled by Leo Hearn's mob. Leo Hearn's head man is named Race, and he worked his way through gangster school as a garrot man.
5: It bothers me that you know this.
0: I'm sure. Nobody takes Big Leo for a ride. If Race is already involved, the stars of this little caper are all dead. But Freddy... He's an overpaid extra. That doesn't mean they're going to let him get away with it. Jackie,
4: I think you may be getting excited over nothing. The kid at the window
0: cashed me out, no trouble. Because they were following you, Frederick. To learn if you had any Confederates who also took Big Leo for a ride. And you brought them here. And I choose not to make a dramatic stand in a suburban bungalow. Let's move.
5: Wait, this is crazy. Why am I coming with you?
0: I've played this game once or twice, Angel. And I have a keen nose for an ironic tragedy. I'm not leaving you behind as a hostage.
5: A hostage?
0: We move fast, get in my car, and roll. I gotta think. We got maybe a couple hours before Freddy's good luck gets all of us killed.
2: You are listening to Blackjack Justice from decoderingtheater.com.
3: So, you get all of that? Freddy steals from the bad guys, then runs to hide under Jack's skirt. I wish I could say it was the first time, and it probably won't be the last unless I get lucky and a little twerp catches a bullet during Act 2. But there was a different leading candidate for that bullet just now, and the safety of that individual meant a great deal more to me than Freddy the Fingers ever would or could. You see, Jack wasn't wrong about Freddy being tailed. And he wasn't wrong about their motives. He wasn't even wrong about the propensity for members of Leo Hearn's mob to kidnap first and ask questions later. All of which were now on the list of things I hate about Jack Justice. Given how few times he was right in the course of a day, he had to pick the afternoon that Fred Hawthorne led a pack of gangsters to the office door to hit a trifecta.
6: All right, Blondie, rise and shine. We've waited for you long enough. Where's the
3: dog? I didn't catch that. I said where's the dog hat rack? Huh. You're feisty. I like that. I will ask this very calmly and only one more time. Where is my dog?
6: I didn't see no dog. You must have hid when you smoked Mickey.
3: Mickey? I shot a rat-faced kid who kicked in my office door waving a 35 like a fairy princess's wand. Was that Mickey? Yeah. Well, sorry, Peaches. If you were fond of him, you shouldn't have sent him through my door as a distraction.
6: I sent him to see Jack Justice. Oh, you
3: know Jack? I used to. Swell. That must be why you came up the fire escape and slugged me from behind. Ah, that was Tyler. Which one is Tyler?
6: Wave to the nice lady, Tyler.
3: Tyler, you're real pretty. I can't say for sure that I'm going to kill you next, but I am going to kill you. And soon.
6: <laughs> feisty. Feisty. Ain't
3: I a pistol? Do I know you from somewhere?
6: I think you would remember. My name is Race.
3: Figures. I prefer a man who takes his time.
6: Now, What does that mean?
3: Tyler knows. Look at him try to hold back that smile. Careful, Tyler. Don't cheese him off or he'll kill you before I can.
6: Don't you even wonder where you are?
3: Sure, but it's not like you're going to tell me. You wouldn't handcuff me to a chair if you wanted me to have the run of the place, would you? I
6: guess not. He
3: guesses not. Aren't you adorable?
6: Uh, careful, sweetheart. I don't like slapping frails around.
3: Do I seem all that frail to you?
6: No, but I can fix that.
3: Try it and I'll kill you before Tyler... Oh!
6: <laughs> you don't have a real clear idea of what's going on here, do you?
3: Is <laughs> that the best you got, Mary?
6: No, it ain't. That was just a warm up swing.
3: You'd get more power in that swing if your wrist wasn't so limp. Ah!
6: You mean like that?
3: Yeah. Something like that.
6: You know, I changed my mind. Maybe this won't be so bad after all. What's going on here, Race? Uh, Just making conversation, Leo. Just making conversation.
3: Hmm. You're Leo Hearn.
6: Yes, I am.
3: Why would big Leo Hearn be after Jack Justice?
6: Who's Jack Justice? two-bit private dick. This delicate flower was in his office.
3: Our office. The door says Justice and Dixon. I'm Dixon.
6: I'm
7: sorry for the inconvenience, Miss Dixon. You must know that it is not you that we want.
3: I'm crushed.
7: A lady detective is something of a novelty to me, I admit. What makes a nice girl like you get into a filthy line of work like this?
3: No one's called me a nice girl in longer than I'd care to admit. And if we haven't crossed paths before, it's because your mob tends to mind its P's and Q's. As far as I know, your operation doesn't extend much beyond the track.
7: You are well informed. Some prefer to diversify. We have specialized and thrived. Officially, our operation is legitimate and licensed.
3: Unofficially, nobody takes Big Leo for a ride. There is a value
7: to reputation. If people know that you will not tolerate even the slightest disrespect, they are so much more accommodating. If you start making exceptions, you have vermin underfoot all day. It quickly becomes a staffing issue.
3: This is all very educational. Can I ask a question?
7: Why are you here?
3: Why, in fact, am I here?
7: Race.
6: Yes, sir.
3: Wait. Oh, Tyler, don't be jealous, Angel Pie. But I think I'm going to have to kill your Scoutmaster first.
6: (laughs) She's a feisty one, Mr. Hearn. So I see. And damned attractive, too. (laughs) Don't make
7: Mr. Race slap you too many times, cutie. Sometimes bones don't heal as straight as you might like. A little wear and tear looks well on a man, but never on a woman.
3: It doesn't look well on a man either, Big Leo. A touch of gray, an extra 40 pounds, those bags under your eyes that the business girls don't mention. They don't make you look distinguished. They make you look old, fat, and used up.
7: Race? I will be plain and brief. You will tell me what I wish to know, and then we can shortly both be rid of one another. Yes?
3: Am I supposed to believe you're just going to let me walk out of here?
7: There's something to that. But every time you force Mr. Race to strike you, you make the case against my associates stronger and make a happy ending less likely. Well,
3: That makes a certain sort of sense. What do you want to know?
7: There was a visitor to your office this afternoon.
3: There were three. A client, a salesman, and... ah, oh, hell. Yes? You aren't after Jack at all. You want Freddy the Finger.
6: Race? That's his name, all right, Mr. Hearn? Very good.
7: Yes, Miss Dixon. I want Freddy the Finger.
3: Freddy crossed you? He did. Then he's an idiot, and he deserves what he gets.
7: I am pleased with your tone. A change of heart?
3: Not exactly. I don't like gangsters as a general rule, but most days I'm not paid to care one way or another. Fred Hawthorne, however, is not the sort of upstanding citizen on whose behalf I am prepared to take some lumps. What'd he do?
7: He profited from a conspiracy to defraud me.
3: It's a greedy little moron.
7: Yes, he is. Where is he? I don't know. Race? Ah! This little man has my money in his pocket, Miss Dixon. He has my money, and more importantly, he holds my reputation. He pocketed my money and ran straight to the offices of a detective agency. Now why should he do a thing like that?
3: I was looking for Jack.
7: Race, The
6: partner, sir. Jack Justice. And did he find him?
3: If your boys followed Freddy to the office, you must have followed him away. You know he left alone, and you know I was alone in the office when Tyler came in through the window, except for the newly minted stiff on the floor. Stiff?
6: Mickey, sir. She shot Mickey? Yes, sir. Well, we can't have that. No, sir.
3: <laughs> uh, uh, <clears throat> Tyler, honey. You might as well get a sandwich. Mama's got a lot of killing to do before she gets to you.
7: This man Hawthorne. <coughs> he left your office and proceeded to a quiet suburban address near Baxter and Logan. He and another man got into a car with a woman and headed back towards the city losing their escort along the way.
3: That would be Jack. He doesn't play well with others. Where did they go? All I got is guesswork. I'm listening. Normally they'd worry about Freddy's wife, but dear old Alice is at her mother's in upstate New York, and before you have the pansy here, slap me around some more, I don't even know the town. I could send you to Freddy's waterfront hideout, but Jack would never go there. It's too well known. If he had any brains, he'd go to the cops. But he won't.
6: Uh, This is pointless. Why won't he go to the police?
3: Because he's Jack. Because he'll be looking for a way to win. And that means either making nice with you or putting you in the ground. And he doesn't have the manpower for Column B on account of I am sitting here having tea with you. Everybody knows Big Leo Hearn and his boys live at the third floor of the Ralton. So that must be where we are. You want my best guess? Put your feet up and wait for him.
7: Sir? Thank you, Mr. Tyler. Go ahead. On his way up now? Is he clean? That's fine.
6: Mr. Hearn? You want me to finish her? Not just yet, Race.
7: Not just yet. (laughs) You see, as it happened, she was right. That was our man at the elevator... Jack Justice just walked up to the front desk, handed his pistol to the concierge, and asked to see Mr. Hearn on a matter of some delicacy.
0: That should be him now. Mr. Hearn. Right here. Jack Justice. Oh. Hello. Yeah. Where's the dog?
3: This is what you say to me?
0: No. I was just...
3: The dog is fine. He is, I presume... Still under the sofa. Well, good. Yes, thank God. I
0: hate to interrupt. Ah, yes. I beg your pardon, sir. Quite right. One thing at a time. If you please. Your men seem quite relaxed, if you don't mind my saying so, sir. What's not to relax? <laughs> There's no way you got in here with a gun. No, sir. But the only one who isn't sitting on his hands is Race. Hello, Race. Been a long time. Uh, not long enough. True enough. If there were a way, Big Leo to pop a shot into race, I could get that big forty-five off his shoulder and take out the four stooges on the bench pretty quick. And if only whoever fired that first shot was quick enough with the second to take you out before you got to that Thompson on the wall, there wouldn't be much you could do about it.
7: Yeah? (laughs) Then you just have
0: to fight your way through the rest of my men. You and this non-existent deputy. True. And like I say, first things first. I am here on behalf of Fred Hawthorne, sometimes known as Freddy the Finger. I take it you are familiar with Mr. Hawthorne? I am. He's naturally greedy and occasionally ridiculous, but he knows when he's licked. And since he inadvertently involved myself, and I could not help but notice Miss Dixon in his hijinks, I bring you this. What is that? $11,462.86. He was most distraught at the realization that this was the only way for him not to remain dead, sir. But I persuaded him this was the case. He asked if I would please inquire with you about the possibility of returning the original stake he placed the ill-advised bet with, but I prefer not to have that conversation with you, sir, as I consider it in poor taste. Agreed. Excellent. I shall advise Mr. Hawthorne of your refusal, and if you could just back me up on that point, it would cut down on awkwardness later, sir. Freddy got eyes big as dinner plates at the wrong time, Big Leo, and he knows that. And if his instinct was to run like a rabbit... I hope you will understand that this is more or less the only reason he has survived this many years, and that, since you are in possession of his entire ill-gotten booty, plus his stake, he can hardly be said to have crossed you and got away with it, and hopes that you find it in your heart to forgive him.
7: Mr. Justice, I like the way you do things. Thank you, sir. You stood up like a man and dealt plain business and respect.
0: Well, Mr. Hearn, I was caught like a mouse in a trap. Wouldn't you say, Trixie? What? Trixie? Yes or no? Like a mouse in a trap.
3: Yes. Just like a mouse in a trap.
0: I thought so. Big Leo, I hope we can consider the matter of Freddie Hawthorne closed. Indeed we can, Mr. Justice. I regret the dramatics, but it was just business. Of course, sir. And that moves us on to item two. You out of those handcuffs yet?
3: What? Hey, race!
0: Nice. Yeah. You didn't shoot Hearn?
3: He didn't move for the Thompson yet. Do you care? Not really.
0: Wait! <laughs> Nasty.
3: I'm not looking over my shoulder every day for the rest of my life. Can you shoot that chopper? I
0: think we'll have to. We're not flush with options.
3: Wait. Hear something?
0: Shots. Lots of shots. What is this? Are they fighting each other?
3: This doesn't make any sense. Somebody's coming the Tommy gun. Get
0: behind me. Why? So I don't shoot you at first.
3: Nice. Like any of this is my fault. Are you
0: saying it's mine? It's
3: idiot friend that got us into this.
0: And it's me that got us out of this. Oh, I
3: suppose it was you that had a hidden pistol strapped to your thigh. Maybe
0: I do, but you'll never know. Excuse me.
3: Just a minute, Sabian.
0: Okay. Sabian?
3: Sabian?
2: Sabian? Hello. By the way, you'd both be dead now if it was anyone else. Come to think of it, I'm not entirely certain why I didn't shoot you myself.
3: What are you doing here?
2: My men raided the place when we heard all the gunshots. Cleaned up Hearn's men good. No,
0: I think she means, how did you happen to be here just now, today? After Hawthorne and your girlfriend dropped you off here, she drove straight in to see me. And you know
2: why she did that? I think so. Because unlike you, she is not an idiot!
3: And there it is.
0: Dixon, you don't look so good. And You two killed a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Put it on our tab. Good night, Gracie.
3: And that was how it went. The papers put the decimation of Big Leo Hearn's gang down to brilliant police work on Sabian's part, and Hearn was in no position to argue with that nice little hole in his forehead. One of the papers did catch enough of the real story to remark that it seemed like a lot of trouble for a very rich man to go to for the sake of a lousy $5,000. Jack just whistled at that. Freddie had a stake back plus a few bucks. We had a week's worth at thirty-nine a day, and a certain girl detective had a hundred bucks from expenses to take herself to the beauty parlor when her bruises healed. Yes, gals, it wasn't a line of work for everybody. That much was true. But at the end of the day, we were a whole lot less dead than everybody else, and today, that made us some kind of lucky.
2: Blackjack Justice episode 44, Some Kinda Lucky, was written and directed by Greg Taylor and starred Christopher Mott and Andrea Lyons, with additional voices supplied by Julie Florio, Peter Nickel, Robert Westgate, and Greg Taylor. This recording and the story, characters, and situations depicted within are the property of their author and creator and protected by copyright. Until next time, remember, DecoderRingTheater.com is your address to adventure. ¶¶
0: Now,
1: Mutual of Ohm,
0: providing spiritual insurance for your past, your present, and your future since 500 BC, proudly presents Wrinkley's Believe It or Forget About It,
1: bringing you strange but true tales and oddities from all over this wide world. And here is your host, Mr. Robert Wrinkley. Hello, I'm Robert Wrinkley. Next, do you believe in ghosts? Most people don't but they'd change their minds quickly if they spent a night in the Haunted Hotel. That's the famous nickname of the waldorf and ant storager hotel located in the historic city of Sandusky, Ohio. Built in 1890 on the site of a street battle between local candy makers, union rivalrousers, rousers and city police, the hotel has long been touted as haunted by the ghosts of the men killed there that fateful day. Guests who stay in room 305, for example, often complain about being awakened in the wee small hours by the sound of Someone noisily chewing taffy. Across the hall in room 302, guests have reported that their sleep was disturbed by the incessant popping of bubble gum. And diners in the hotel restaurant have had entire tables upset by the unseen spirits of union agitators, climbing up to give long-winded speeches. (coughs) The hotel is still open for business and does a booming trade during the month of October. Believe it or forget about it.
0: You've been listening to a special feature of Pulp Puri Theater. Wrinkley's Believe It or Forget About It. Brought to you by Mutual of Ohm, Providing spiritual insurance for your past, your present, and your future since 500 BC. This is
1: Gramercy Noun speaking. We return you now to our regularly scheduled program.